Welcome to Under Review, a podcast where two guys take a look at what happened in the past week of sports. I'm Micah, he's Sam, and this week, European football is under review. Okay, so we want to start with, with the EPL. I mean, first, we back. Yeah, we back. Again. Never left. Yeah, I mean, just you know, it's 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 uh, it's, uh, it's it's intervals. What's the longer interval? Well, we back, we back, we back. Um, yeah, we're only gonna like briefly talk about the uh, the Premier League because, like, I mean, it's not like we have played some games, but we've also had the international break. We've had a couple of uh, like Europa and Champions League FA Cup breaks. We haven't actually played that many games. Yeah, yeah. And there's not really that much to say, like in terms of movers and shakers. We've kind of stayed mostly stagnant. Um. Yeah, like Arsenal uh, have opened up a bit more of a lead for themselves than they had. City still bringing up second, but even they have, I think, built more of a lead than they initially had on, on United, who have built more of a lead than they had on Tottenham. They're only a point ahead, but they got a couple of games in hand. Uh, and Newcastle has kind of dropped a bit. They're in fifth, but like have been super mid. I can see them dropping out of, of, of the top five yeah now that team's just not good i think people have figured out that like as soon as you put one in on them you yeah. kind of win and it comes desperate right like it's the whole point is that it's like one one or zero zero draw but i feel like they've drawn a lot where they've gone one one they scored first and then let in a goal yeah. and i feel like they just are not good at finishing games and they're also just like they just can't score enough goals i mean at this point in the season too i think it's a lot more like like a playoff or like a knockout round type type soccer that you'll see where Teams are are pushing for more goals and pushing to win more games and not as worried about like drawing and getting points because we're getting close to the end of the season where like these lower ranked teams, one point isn't gonna do it for them. Yeah, you're trying to catch the, the team ahead of you. And uh at the beginning of the season that's okay because you're hoping your wins will come. You definitely don't want to lose, like take zero points. But now we're at the point where people are actually going for it. Yeah. And it's not looking positively on the like best drawing team in the in the league in yeah. Newcastle. I one important thing to bring up uh, that it was I think news from today, honestly, uh, is Tottenham have well they don't say sacked, but they've like amicably parted ways with Antonio Conte. Yeah. He had a bit of he went off on a bit of a tirade after the draw to Southampton um, about like just the culture at the club. People don't want to like win, not trying hard enough, whatever this that and the other thing. Um, I think that he has been frustrated. He's not a very patient coach. This is pretty well known. There's pretty like, it is, I wouldn't say amicable, but definitely like mutual. I don't think he wants to be there because he feels like he's not making any progress. Yeah. And I think Tottenham are, are fed up with somebody who doesn't like, who, who, who will see marginal progress as no progress at all. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of have fair. Like, made, Tottenham have not no, really they been that made good. Marginal no. progress though. Like this is their same spot that they were in last year. This is and kind of where they hang around. They've been they hanging around here for like the past 10 years. But they like also haven't just... made any moves. Like, no, that's true. They need to pick up someone new or like change up their scheme somewhat so that they can like try something different. Uh, if you just like Harry Kane is a legend. And yeah. now as of what, two days ago against that against Italy, he's the top scorer in for for England yeah, in, in, in English time. history. And he's been as of this season, he's the now the top scorer in Tottenham history. So you know he's a legendary dynasty franchise player for Tottenham. 
and while like he's definitely getting the job done you need to see some some changes be made around him like it's it's to the point where you can't just keep trying the same thing yeah, and cuz like he's been horse. good though he's been it's not yeah. like he's had like an like he's had an outstanding season but not anything that we're unused to type outstanding yeah and they started really strong the other thing that was like weird to me it's like they did like okay they 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 didn't not make any moves like they had um a couple of transfers like Kulisevsky came in um i don't even know who else but there was supposedly a few and they just sort of like weren't great like i felt like they they were trying to get these sort of high impact um but slightly like cheaper players like value players i guess yeah and they haven't really turned out that way uh and and I kind of get where where Conte's coming from. Like Tottenham historically do not spend a ton on transfers and have focused kind of on developing their talent, and they have developed some talent. But you can't really win titles by just developing talent. And it, yeah, it is is frustrating that like you, as a coach to feel like you have been trying to develop a system and your players are trying to do it as well. But you just, if you just don't have the talent, you don't have the talent. You have the talent of Harry Kane, but yeah, they're you know, also Son like, had an off year. Richarlison hasn't really—I don't think has played enough because no. of Kulusevski. Yeah, who's also been kind of mid. You know, their midfield struggles defensively; they struggle. It's just, yeah, I—I I don't really know what the solution is other than like they're doing—they're they're doing all right. Like they made it to the UCL knockout round. They're going to be back in the UCL next year. Yeah, but for such a big market team with the amount of money that they have, with the amount of talent that they have, they should be able to win. Like, I started a FIFA career mode no, manager know. as Tottenham, and all I'm saying is I, I won the UCL first season. Yeah. I, oh, I will say, though, I don't think that that game quite takes into account where the players want to go. Okay. Ain't no one want to go to Tottenham. It's kind of part of the problem. Like, I don't know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, this team this team definitely has, has pieces that they should be using more. Yeah, they're kind of stuck in limbo. Um I'd like to see them either really shake things up or find a manager that they can trust for a while. Because I think they need like an Arsenal type situation. You take a manager that you like, let him let him cook for a few seasons, like show show that it's not about like one single season success. I mean, Conte's probably not that guy again because he's historically super impatient. But like, you gotta just you gotta you gotta let somebody implement a system. Uh, it's got to be the right one for sure but if you're changing managers every season and you're not changing any of your team or very limited changing of your team it's really really hard to like improve there's just there's not enough change a new coach is not going to like magically make things work which i think is kind of what they've been hoping for so anyway um yeah let's let's move on let's move on yeah so let's go this past weekend or i guess not this past weekend this weekend that we just had but uh, last week we didn't have too many EPL fixtures. We just had uh, on Sunday we had Arsenal over Crystal Palace. They won four one. Like Crystal Palace been really bad. Arsenal just a good team. Yeah. Uh, they're at home too. Uh, we had Brentford and Leicester draw. We had Southampton Tottenham draw. Like you said, we had Chelsea and Everton draw. Uh, like nothing too crazy. But we did have a couple FA Cup games. Yes, sir. Uh, we had City come and dominate Burnley. Yeah, that six was six nil with five from Holland. Yeah, 
I mean, when is when is flowing for Holland? It's flowing. We've kind of seen that for some reason. He seems to struggle to like be consistent. Wait, sorry, sorry. Three from Holland. There was five in the, the Champions League game. I think is what we're or, thinking of. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Um, three from Holland in this Burnley game, which we'll talk about. But yeah, he he scores in bunches. Eh? Like he doesn't seem to. He has a couple of games where he like won't score a goal. He like looks like they can't get the ball up to him, and everyone starts talking about like, oh, like you know, is, is he right for the system? Are they a worse, better team at all? And then he goes begs, yeah, three in the FA Cup, and then five in the Champions League, and it's just like, what, like, how do you, you cannot argue about whether he should be at City or not when he's, yeah, he's still your unprecedented pace of goals. He's still your league leader at twenty eight. What is the what is the Alan Shearer goal record right now for for one season? Uh, I'm not even sure that Alan Shearer has it. I think it's like it wasn't Alan Shearer. Uh, I don't know. You can double check on that. Yeah, let me take a look. Um. I thought it might have been like Ronaldo or something. Or like Robin Van Persie. I don't know. Highest goal scoring in a season is uh Andy Cole. Oh. Uh and it's in it's thirty four. Wow. And uh yeah, but Alan Shearer Alan Shearer also has thirty four. Okay. Nice. Uh, so they're both at thirty four. That's and not gonna stand. Hol- Holland's <laughs> at twenty eight. That's gone. Um and that's that's with how many games left? There's 38 games. Yeah, like 10 games left on the season. 10 games left and he needs more or less. He needs 6. Yeah, no. Nah. He could he could, he could get that, that in, in the two game. games, yeah. <laughs> in a, a game, facts. Um yeah, if they fucking turn it on against like I don't know, Southampton or like Bournemouth or something and that's yeah. So then in uh the Sunday FA Cup games, we had Brighton come take a 5-0 dub over Grimsby Town. That's that's I would say not something to be unexpected. Like no. Brighton is a much better team, Grimsby, but like Grimsby been taken out. I don't think they've played any. I think they beat one EPL team, and everyone else was like second or third division. They I mean, just kind of like still super impressive for a fourth tier yeah, team. Yeah. And I think that Brighton are looking at they're like that's that's if they won like one nil, it's like ooh, you know, yeah. That, that's a that's a. You you won, but that you didn't win by like I they come out they smacked them five nil. They're like all right, like that's that's how things should be. Yeah, as um, an EPL team versus fourth. Yeah, team. like once again, Brighton when they look good, they look great. Um, and they look they looked pretty good. They demolished a team that they should demolish. Yeah. Um, we can talk briefly about this uh, the United Fulham game because that was wild. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Um, for those that that didn't watch that game, that was uh United went down one nil to Fulham and largely looked out of the game um lots of time left but just like could not string together passes uh like couldn't create chances they look shaky defensively um got like a couple of close close calls like getting scored on again and then i don't I think it was Jaden sancho beats a guy yeah. uh inside the box i know it was it wasn't it the header no it was the shot that oh, the, right, 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 and right. uh and one of the fulham players goes to block it um but it's going in between his arm and his body and he moves his arm down to block the ball um ref immediately says penalty but then he goes looks at it it looks super deliberate yeah dishes out actually before he dishes out that red card he's getting railed at by the fulham coach so he books the fulham coach like sends him off yeah red card Gets on the field, pulls out the red for the block shot, which and then is another, super fair. which is super fair. That's how it works. And then another Fulham player pushes him out of the way. Mitrovic. Another, yeah, Mitrovic shoves the ref. Another red card. Yeah, Fulham are down to nine guys. They score the penalty to make it one-one, and then bag two more. Because how are you supposed to survive with nine guys on the field and no manager? 
Yeah, no, that that was um that was pain. That was crazy. I I thought United should have played better and they didn't. I think they got a little bit not like fortunate. Obviously, like you're creating that opportunity. Um, but Fulham just like the immaturity is incredible. I mean, you're being led by example by your coach who gets sent off before the red card even comes out for any of his players. Um, and that's just that's that's really poor. You can't be doing that. No, I agree. Um, yeah. Anyway, so into the that's what yeah, the FA Cup semifinals. Yeah, or I think that that was the that was the quarterfinals. I think that was the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're going into the semifinals now. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brighton and Sheffield United and City. So United and City. I think United got drawn against Sheffield, if I remember correctly, and City got okay, drawn against Brighton. Check. It's something like that. I know for a fact that uh, City and United are on opposite sides of the bracket, so we could meet in the final, or it looks likely that we could meet in the final. Um, but yeah, United still chasing a triple. We think mostly have given up on winning the Premier League. We're just far behind. Definitely still looking strong in a champions league spot but it seems unlikely that we're going to catch arsenal so uh city and sheffield will be playing okay and then brighton and united Ooh, that'll be a game mr brighton over here and mr united and it looks like it's in brighton yeah i th- I, I don't know i still give the advantage to united i, I think I they're think just so more consistent when we when we play well we play really well too yeah, like that's the thing is we just it's we got to try i think brighton are the same way it's just kind of whoever's going to bring it that day. Yeah. Um, but even if, like, neither of them bring it, United just definitely have the edge in terms of, like, raw talent and their reason that they're a big team. And Anyway, I, I, I think that'll be a great game. I expect City to win against Sheffield, but you never know. Um, City have looked pretty inconsistent at times, too. And Yeah, I mean, so are Sheffield, though. They, they yeah. drew that game against Wrexham. Hey, Wrexham played great. It was a, it was a but yeah, game. No. Um, anyway, uh... So yeah, looking looking forward to that. Uh, Champions League. Yeah. So let's go through like what we just kind of had this this past round. You know, we uh, we had Porto. Wait, here we are. Let me go back to the to the first bit here. So we had Benfica come out spank on spank Club on Club Bruges. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game was so not even close. So we talked about that too, which is funny. This yeah. was the Club Brugge drew the first leg 1-1 one, one, or no, lost they, the first they lost leg 2-1. Two, 2-0. Two, right. Oh, oh yes, 2-0. Sorry, my bad. Um, but we talked about Club Brugge in the second game. Opponents seemed to be able to figure them out and then stomp them. And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, Benfica put on an absolute clinic. Uh, Chelsea somehow put two past Borussia Dortmund to win it 2-1. Um, they We thought that this might be a resurgence for Chelsea uh Borussia Dortmund are a good team they're sitting top of the uh German league right now and um we can we can maybe actually talk about that in a second because there was some news from Bayern Munich as well but uh Borussia Dortmund looked pretty solid and uh and Chelsea have been super unable to score like more than one goal game somehow put two past Dortmund we're like ah maybe they're turning it and then drew Everton they did in fact put two past Everton but they also yeah too, so I think this this Chelsea team like Honestly, when you watch their games, they're really dominant. Yeah, um, they like they hold if possession. You take, if you take if you take out like the scorecard and you just watch the game, take out all of the goals. Like if you watch everything between the boxes, I would say yeah. Chelsea would look like they would win almost every one of their games, like middle third of the pitch, and in their own 
third of the pitch when they have possession. It's like they they, they look like they're not going to give the ball up. The problem is that they spend so much energy trying to get the ball forward into that final third, create chances because they miss all of their chances that they get kind of desperate. I find and they then they get ton. they get turned around. They miss a ton. Um, and yeah, like I don't know, I don't really know what the solution is. They just don't have somebody who clinical enough to score goals i think united could look like that if rashford wasn't having a great season yeah. but uh yeah like they just can't they don't have somebody that just has that dazzle um, yeah kai Havertz had had a great game against dortmund though. yeah he did uh, it, lots it of chances. looked like they clicked right like they yeah. they finally were able to finish their chances uh anyway so chelsea are through uh bayern munich versus psg this was this was the game that we i think i gave the edge to psg right i said that in the first leg of this matchup psg looked really good after Mbappe came on, because he had yeah. to take some time off for injury, yeah. uh, and they looked like they they were chasing that like they were chasing that game one nil. They looked like they could have scored like three goals in the final twenty five minutes, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, and I said that with Mbappe, PSG look way more threatening, and I wasn't sure that Bayern Munich could handle it. For lack of a better word, PSG was just flaccid this entire game. Just could not get it yeah, up. Like they no. they were so bad. They were so bad. They they did not look like they got. The best two, like, uh, like the best two players on the planet. Maybe not like right now, but definitely like one of the top five players on the planet being Mbappe. Yeah, and 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 Messi, like the goat, and they just yeah. like I don't. Messi was fucking nowhere. Mbappe, they could like every anytime they got the ball to Mbappe, he was like surrounded by players. Could not use the pace. I mean, um, right at the beginning of the game, though, Delict had that phenomenal. Uh, so Summer had. A couple questionable possession, like possessions. Yeah, yeah, he gave the ball away a couple in the, of times in the first half, like early in the game. He gives the ball away, and I'm pretty sure it was Verratti standing at the end of the edge of the box, just goes passes it into the net. There's no one there. Delict comes out of nowhere, across yeah. the box, slides in. The ball is like about to roll over the line, like it's just before the line. Boots it out. Uh, yeah, and that that saves them that that game, right? Because like, yeah, if you give PSG the edge, they might run away with it. Um, but, but all, all together, like stabilized them. And then, and then it was dominance. Like it was, yeah, I don't I think, I don't even think that Bayern, Bayern Munich, after that game, my I, future on yeah, Bayern to win the I, it didn't League. even look like Bayern, like they were just like, they were kind of playing with their food a little bit. Like they didn't seem worried at all. Right. Like I got their one goal and they were like, all right, like we'll, we'll, we'll create another one probably, but let's just like finish this game off. And it looked like PSG were like, okay, sure. Like yeah. just no desperation, no no tempo like they didn't seem to think that they were down goals they were just sort of i don't know in good games their hands seen, up like i don't know i don't i don't really like this like this Bayern team looks really dominant but i've found like the similar thing for them in terms of scoring goals is that they've been struggling a little bit uh when they're playing like top tier competition and now they haven't lost a champions league game at home this season yeah um actually they haven't lost a champions league i think they because they went 6 and 0 in pool play this was first round they're eight and zero in Champions League, uh, this year. So they seem to be they're they're doing a fantastic job, but I think no, it's have they haven't conceded at home. Could be, uh, which is wild. In in what four games they haven't conceded against Champions League teams, and it's really their midfield with Kimmich holding it down, and that and and um, Musiala who looked fantastic last game yeah, too. Yeah, looked really good. And then their back line with Apugamakano, with Delict, uh, now with Cancelo. I don't think he even started last game, but they also have Alfonso Davies. 
their their team is really full at the back, and then they have the guys up front, uh, like Coman. Chupamoting is not great, but he's he's a solid guy up front for this team. They got Miller, and now they got Sadio Mane back, who did bag one. Uh, yeah, he did. In that in that PSG game, he bagged one. Or sorry, he didn't bag one. He I, I think he got called back for offside, uh, but it was really tight. Oh yeah. Um, just because I'm looking at the score right, here and right. it says Serge Gnabry. Yeah, he definitely had the ball was in the net. But I think you're right. I think he was offside. I think he knew it too. But this team has so much depth that they can come at you with like so many different formations. They can change up halfway through the game. That I don't know how you how you play against this team. That really like I know that they're not. I think they're still in first in the Bundesliga, but it's not by a ton. I think they're one point behind Dortmund, unless they have played more games um, since since I last checked. But it's um, a team that's had so much consistency in the Champions League that I don't see anyone else being able to compete with them. Yeah, so so what I wanted to talk about with Bayern was that they, they just fired their head coach, or their manager, yeah. um, Julian Nagelsmann. They, he was, what, like a, a season and a half, came in to replace Hansi Flick who led them to the treble in 2019. That was German League, um, the DFB Pokal, which is like their version of the FA Cup, yeah. and uh, and the Champions League. That was like their crazy season. Um, that was Lewandowski, I think, that year, tied Herd Muller's like, goal record in a single Bundesliga season. Like That was that was a crazy season. Then Hazi Flick goes to coach the Germany team, which has also been underwhelming, and, uh, and, and Nagelsmann comes in from, I think, RB Leipzig or something like that um and and has been i mean they he won the league a couple of times um won the german cup once i think and uh, but like i i don't i don't really understand like it's i guess they're one point behind Dortmund, it might have also but, just been like behind the door stuff yeah it could have been like culture stuff um i think yeah i think he's like he's questioned some officiating and like he's had some he's, he doesn't really want to take blame necessarily for things not going his way sure um and they they hired thomas tuchel actually so that was uh, former Chelsea coach came in, I think from PSG. PSG fired him. Chelsea hired him. Won the Champions League that year, uh, and then they fired him at the beginning of this season, I think. Maybe it was the end of last season. Um, sort of a bad run of form. I think I think he left right around where the ownership changed. Maybe that was what it was. Yeah, but um, you'd love to see that like championship DNA from like a Chelsea team that was was a good Chelsea team when they won. Yeah, but like it was like not even that. Different. From the team, no, they've had some injuries, but still have a lot of the players they won that yeah. that Champions League with. Um, I don't think it was a wise move by them. I, I don't think Grant Potter's that good. I, anyway, I, I think Thomas Tuchel will be interesting to see him on a Bayern team that like you really all you should all you should have to do is like run training sessions and throw yeah. in a formation. Like these guys know what they're doing. They know how to win. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's a culture shift. Maybe it's uh how you how you fit in the organization. Being able to admit when you're wrong. All these kinds of things, like keep the mindset up. Keep the mindset up, but uh, yeah, really, all the guys need is is a, like a nudge, and and they can go. Um, and yeah, they face they face City, so this would be their arguably their toughest challenge. I mean, I mean, Byron has had already a crazy road. Yeah. In, um, they played what like Inter, uh, beat Inter. I think that was in the group stage, maybe, uh, and then PSG and. That's it. That's it. They only just finished the first round, right? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, just even beating PSG. I mean, six and zero in your groups, and then beating PSG is like, yeah, and like they they're eight no. Um, let's just do a quick move on here before yeah, we look sorry. ahead. 
so we had Tottenham versus AC in in England. Uh, just a nil-nil draw. Like like we've been saying, Tottenham kind of inconsistent. Yeah. And, and AC has been looking all right, but like more that the other teams aren't scoring on them all right. They haven't really been figuring things out themselves. Yeah, there was a shift there, I think. We might have talked about it on the last episode that we did that uh, AC Milan, I think it was after the 1-0 that AC Milan were giving up a ton of goals in the uh, Italian league in the Serie A, and then they kind of turned it around. They shifted to a back five, and they've looked quite solid since then. Uh, we know Tottenham can be pretty mid, yeah, pretty pretty limp, kind of like that PSG thing where they just seem to not want to chase games at all, like there's no urgency. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they, Milan put one pass in the first leg. Like, this was an aggregate score of 1-0, like just super boring games to watch, like low chances. Super low scoring. And, I mean, AC Milan are going to take that all day of the week, right? Like, you're up against a team that has the firepower, and your strategy is just shut down the firepower. Yeah. If you can bag one, then you win. And if you can shut them out, and that's what they did. And, yeah, like, not much to say there other than that. We expected more from Tottenham, and they just yeah, didn't, so didn't do anything. Along the same lines, we had over in that, that next matchup, Porto-Inter Milan, nil-nil. Yeah. Um. These two teams finished on aggregate score one nil too. Yeah, and tough to see Porto go out just because like I thought they were a solid team. They've been looking real good in the Portuguese league. Yeah, and Inter's been kind of mid, but uh, yeah, like nil nil. These teams, I don't think either of these was teams like, were gonna go further than no, this round. It was like almost the exact same thing. Like Porto has definitely less star power than than Tottenham does, but like the game plan from Inter and and AC Milan are like was like basically the same. They just sort of he just got one goal in the first leg, and then we're like, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna sit. And normally, I I hate sit. I mean, it wasn't exciting, so I didn't like it. But like sitting back just kind of invites pressure. Uh, and if you have no threat going forward, like they just keep tossing guys at you. But it seemed to work for both of them. Yeah, I'm sure they had some opportunities on the counter, but I I don't remember and either of those teams like really throwing anything forward offensively happy to protect their 1-0 lead yeah so um, then on to the next game we got the uh 7-0 city over leipzig yeah that was my god um uh, city at home like yeah. city's been really good at home when this team clicks they they really click but uh seven goals on 16 shots it's it's the it's or 16 shots on goal it's it's the opposite or like it's sort of what we've been seeing all season for them of like they can create a lot of chances, uh, and they hold possession on lead, sixty-seven percent possession. But it's whether these chances get on target and in the back of the net, right? And so they're almost a what thirty-three percent chance, thirty-three percent from shots to in the back of the net, and then fifty yeah. of everything, fifty percent of everything on target went in. Yeah. Look, I I think it was actually like. My analysis of this game was that City love to hold possession. Like, that's just, that's trademark Pep Guardiola. Um, And I think that in in a lot of games, in the Premier League especially, they tend to hold possession and, like, they do a lot of this, like, lateral passing and they're not, like, willing to lose possession to create chances. And I would say in this, like, Leipzig having even 33% possession, it's not a lot, but, like, for how dominant City can be, I think that, like, it, to me, says that City were a little bit happier to give the ball away in in the effort of creating chances and and it would it fucking it worked 
like this was this was crazy. Holland had a hat trick before halftime, and he put five in this game. He put five in by the fifty seventh minute. Yeah, I think that, and then he came off. <laughs> like the uh, the the city team that is that we have, or sorry, not the city team. This Leipzig team is not known for having like really any defense in the German league. The only reason why they are like close to the top is because they can score. And uh, I was surprised to not see them put one in because City is known to to give up some kind of counter goal. Yeah. Uh, but I almost you know, felt like they capitulated a little bit. Like it was. I'm happy to happy to see them inform, uh, or not necessarily inform, but having a good game just coming into this next Bayern matchup because I think a City team who can't find Holland and can't find the back of the net would look really playing like PSG yeah. did against yeah. Bayern and now we have a really good matchup of two two of the best teams if not the two best teams in the I world. I would say the two best teams right now in the world. Um well, no, we'll go to Napoli. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Napoli are the best team in the world right now. Napoli's unreal. This is this um, is my favorite team to bet on. This was another like just 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 the this the business game like they just they just took care of business, went to the office, wrote some emails like the paycheck go home like they <laughs> three the first leg they won they won two nil against frankfurt like they didn't blow them out but like again that was if i remember correctly frankfurt had like no possession no chances yeah and that was like on the it road was more too. like napoli were approaching that a little bit cautiously yeah and it was on the road like I, uh, frankfurt was at home and then napoli came in the second game three nil it was like kind of the same thing like frankfurt just could not control this game um and yeah napoli just 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 went to work took care of yeah. business like that's all it was and I, I've been, I think I've been attributing a lot of Napoli's success this season to Victor Osman. Yeah, he's been um, phenomenal. And he has been really good on Napoli. But I think I'm going to take a little bit away from that and kind of look a little bit more into their midfield and into their wingers. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the like international break that we've been having here. But Nigeria, uh, losing to Guinea-Bissau, wow. uh, Victor Osman unable to do anything in that game. I don't even yeah. think he had a shot on target. It was crazy. Um, I know he, he barely touched the ball, but like in a in a game against a team like Guinea Bissau, where like I can't recognize anyone on the on no. the lineup sheet or the roster. No, you expect these these guys who are like your one of your biggest names in the world, if not one of your best five strikers in the world currently, to like dominate. Kind of kind of like yeah, carry your team a little bit, like. You're used to playing against other of these top interna- international talents yeah. and doing well. Why, when you come back to play like what is essentially his backyard football, are you not able to do the same thing? So I, I kind of want to, I haven't watched a lot of Napoli games this season. I've just kind of seen them dominate everyone. But I'm going to need to watch some of these Napoli games and see what's up. Reevaluate where this talent is coming from. Yeah. I think like one thing, uh, like Kim Min Jae has been getting a ton of attention. He's been phenomenal as well. Um, just absolutely towering South Korean guy. Uh, he's been physically dominant. Uh, they've been really clean defensively. A lot of that is has been up to him. He's fast. He's agile. He's like a, he's like he's like Harry Maguire if Harry Maguire had legs. Um, this Korean so, team was good at the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, they man. were. They looked solid. Um, so that's exciting. I think he's like the issue with a team like Napoli is that like all these guys are gonna move after this season. Which is a little tough to see. You don't um, know though. Like with a season that they've had, if they have a good Champions League performance, they could decide to run it right back. Well, but I know it's not up to, up to the them, players, right? right? Like 
players want to play um for the biggest teams and it's it's tough because i think the mindset has shifted like napoli have historically been one of the biggest teams like maradona played for napoli for years and years and years yeah right their stadium is 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 called the something something maradona um but yeah they like they just i, I it's it's i've seen talks about like is is italy having a resurgence right now they we have three italian teams still in the champions league in the final eight here and uh, well that's what we were saying coming into the knockout stage was that this the the syria looks really good this year and if not probably like i'd say right now it's like your epl is always going to be your 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 biggest yeah league right but i would say past that like it's pretty open i i wouldn't even say it's open i would say france has got to be at in fifth for me out of your power five leagues france has got to be in fifth with like psg marseille as teams that like are good to which look out for but when you come to international competitions, not dominating. Yeah. Um. And then at fourth, I would probably even say like Spain right now, because you have Real and you have Barcelona, but Barcelona now didn't have a good Champions League performance in the group stage, moved down to Europa. It's unfortunate that they picked up United in the first round, but as the best team by a fair margin in the Spanish league this season getting knocked out to the third ranked team in the English league. Yeah. Is like, you know, kind of, kind of iffy on, on how, and like they're really dominating that Spanish league. Too. I think that it's hard to make a comparison like that though. Like it's hard to go linear like that, like league to league, because we could also talk about like Liverpool have been having an off season, but not such an off season that they should be getting absolutely shit stomped by Real Madrid who look very threatening on the international stage. Like it's kind of, it's hard it's hard to draw the parallels i think i would say that like when i watch the worst teams in the in the spanish league like they it's it's scrappy it's immature people are getting booked left right and center yeah um like the goals are nice but people seem to be more concerned about like it's almost like it's almost like it's like not in an insulting way but like it's like brazilian like people you know it's about like more i guess the, the joy of the game or like yeah. having fun which is good yeah i agree but it's not super like professional like they're not focused necessarily on like building these nice goals it's a lot of like individual kind of sure it's about getting ma- transferred to yeah the next moments team. of magic and uh and and when you watch the teams in the premier league like it's it can be like that or it can look really floppy but it's like i what i would describe as professional i guess teams that aren't too focused on just one person um when they're struggling it's it's there's never a moment of like complacency, I guess you could say. Like teams that struggle, struggle, but all the middle of the table teams, even the bottom of the table teams, like you're you're picking up some of the best managers in the world. Like if you're, I don't like that people are firing managers like every three months if they're doing poorly. Yeah. But for some reason, all the managers want to work in the EPL, and I would say that it's because they're the most competitive. Um. But yeah, I mean, what would who do you have third then? That's what I'm saying. I, would, I think I would second and third Italy. is well. That's what I think I'm going to say is I think it's going to be third is going to be. You would have said third is your Italy or fourth. Third is my Italy. I I think it's really tight right cause, now. Cause right now, I would say that my Germany and my Italy are really tight. Um, I think Bayern really carries Germany, and I think that they are the best team in the world right now. So that definitely helps it. But like you have other teams up in that that top group of Dortmund. Berlin's been kind of 
eh in the international stage, but been good in there. You got yeah. Freiburg, you got uh, Leipzig. It's, there's more movement. Um, I'd say that like yeah, even yeah, Leipzig are a good example of like there's lo- there's a lot more. It feels like there's more growth in the German league. Yeah, Berlin. I think like they're having not a lucky season, but like a, a very good season, like better than they normally do. But I think that even that is like can be can be um, representative of some growth that is happening. Uh, and I mean, I really like the German league, and it's interesting that they're still as competitive as they are with like the ownership structure. I mean, we've talked briefly about that the German league is by law uh, all teams have to be owned at least fifty percent. Like the fans have to have the the small mi- uh, majority. Yeah. In a, in every team, and um, so like you'd think that they're not going to be as rich and not going to be able to attract talent. They seem to do a really good job of developing talent. Um, I would say that, like, in terms of game strategy, like, we see a lot of the top managers coming out of Germany yeah. and going into, um, like, the Prem or, or whatever the other leagues. Um, you know, Nagelsmann came from Leipzig, went to Munich. Obviously, that didn't work out, uh, but Tuchel is German. Um, yeah. Who else am I thinking of? Uh Jurgen Klopp, German. Um, you know, it's some some of the top top managers that uh, have 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 started to work on on what I would describe as like more modern football, which is that like really high pressing, yeah, really energetic, um, and and yeah, I feel like fun football, fun to yeah, watch football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that like for me that means more than like Italy's success this year. I think they've been good, but it doesn't feel like they're adding anything i guess to, to to football like they it's it's so defensive it's so park the bus i don't think that like italian players or italian managers are really having a lot of success right now like a lot of the success in the syria has been by teams that are playing like less than a third or like close to a third of italian players and the rest are international like even yeah. if you look at england like the majority of the players are english which honestly you love to see because you love to see yeah. guys playing in their home country yeah. It, it brings the fans more. And they it. want to. They love playing. In it. Like, Rashford, I don't think, is ever going to move because he, he loves playing for his boyhood town. Phil Foden, same thing. Harry Kane for Tottenham. Um, you yeah, know, they like, just love players these clubs. That, yeah, and that's that's great. That's what you want. That's what's going to bring you success on the international stage. I think Spain does a good job of that, too. Like, a lot of Spanish talent, a lot of German talent. It just feels like Italy have lost that piece. Yeah, I guess you look back and, like, your, your great, great teams, you look at that. That Barcelona team back in the day, they were full of Spaniards. Yeah, it was like basically the same team as their Spanish national team, but you like at at plus Messi. Bayern Munich, and it's full of Germans. Yeah. And you look at any of these Italian sides, not full of Italians, at least not the top teams. No. So, yeah, no, I agree. But I, so I would say it's got to be, it's got to be the EPL, Bundesliga, Serie A, uh, La Liga, and then League. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all, all right, right, let's talk yeah. about uh, we got the the last let's go, well, let's we got go. the last oh, yeah, the last, last matchup. Um, Real over Liverpool one 0 It was a pretty boring game. It was. But um, Real, Real didn't have to go out and do anything. I mean, Liverpool I think tried their best to get some energy into that game, and then they just got sort of dragged through the mud and, and slowed down. Like all Real has to do there is take the energy out of it, and that's what they did. They win one nil off of what I remember as I think it was a pretty good goal. I don't super remember. I think it was Vinny. Um, I remember Vinny having a good game, just getting the ball. No, it was Benzema, but from Vinny. Oh yes, I remember. 
it was, you know, it was kind of a weird goal, wasn't it? Where like it came, it was a great pass by Vinny, but then like, like an awkward kinda... touch and then it yeah. kind of bounced back onto his foot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had already won the first like five, two, they had a pretty healthy lead. Um, more than that, like mentally, I think Liverpool were like kind of done. I mean, you, you take an absolute hammering from Real Madrid like that, especially after going up two nil. It's like, it's yeah. hard to get mentally back into it and Real Madrid, all they have to do, they're at home. Just let your fans carry you. Just just take the energy out of the game for Liverpool, and and that's what they did. So no real surprise there. You want to yeah, make some predictions? So, you want so, to cook? Yeah, no, no. We can we can definitely we'll take a look at the, some predictions here. So I know as soon as the odds came out, I had my eyes on uh, four teams to qualify. Uh, I'll I'll take a look at like the first leg matchups now because we'll see like at what's who's at home and how that's going to take into consideration and form yeah but uh just for what teams i think are better uh i got i got benfica over inter i think that this could be a little bit of recency bias just for the way that benfica spanked on club bruges um and club bruges obviously not from a power five league but still still a champions league team still had a solid performance in the group stage making it obviously to the knockout round but uh, Benfica just looked really dominating. They've looked dominating all year in the Portuguese league. And I I don't think that Inter has uh, looked the same. I think that this first game is really going to be a decider because Inter has been a lot better at home than they have been away. I think Benfica are going to need to win this game by more than one because uh, I could see inter winning by one at home if this is a draw yeah if this if this first leg is a draw which i think inter would be happy to take because going home that they could win by one but uh i think as soon as they're as soon as benfica's up by two uh like they easily could be on the road with this inter team who's been very slow absorbing pressure type team uh that when they have to play out of what their system is at home in Italy, the second leg, that they're going to, like, give up another goal, and, and then they'll definitely not be able to get back yeah. to it. And I do not want to disrespect Benfica here, because they are undefeated so far in the Champions League. They're 4-2-0 in the group stage with, with a double over Club Brugge, 2-0, and 5-1, so dominant performance against Club Brugge. Um, and, and those games, they were in a group with Juventus and PSG, and they beat Juventus twice beat Maccabee Haifa, I don't even know where they're from, but like healthily. Yeah. First time 2-0, second time 6-1. So they've shown that they can blow out the lesser teams, and they've shown that they can stick it to the big guys. Juventus losing twice to Benfica, and then uh, and then drawing PSG twice 1-1 both times. Yeah, no, this this Benfica team is, <coughs> is uh, solid, and I don't think the same about the Inter team. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and they're they're a slight favorite, but honestly, pretty good odds on that. Um, City, Bayern, Munich. This is interesting. Bayern, Munich are a heavy underdog. They're so they're a heavy underdog in this first game in Manchester. Uh, to qualify, they were still an underdog to qualify uh, at plus one twenty uh, on bet three sixty five, mm-hmm. and this is honestly probably my favorite bet of this of this round. I. Like I said, I like this Bayern team. I think they're the best team in the world. I think that City could win this first leg. Uh, 
I don't think they'll win it by a lot. I think this Bayern team has too much in that back line to get stopped by anything. I think you... So here's how I see them, them lining up, right? We know that City has some good guys on the wings, being Foden, being Jack Grealish. And we know that they like to move the ball up the wings and then swing it into Holland. Here's how I see this going. You have Cancelo over on the right. At right back. Dude knows the team. Yeah. He was there. Intimately. He, he, he's, he's been there for yeah. years. Yeah. As they've had their Champions League struggle, he knows what they struggle with. Jack Grealish is a, is, is a great player, but honestly, his biggest strong suit is being able to get defenders to like reach in on him yeah. and draw fouls. Yeah. Cancelo's not going to let that happen. Cancelo's a bit more physical, faster, and more talented than Jack Grealish. Yeah. They have nothing going with that left wing. You got Alfonso Davies against Foden on the on the left side for Bayern. And you know what? That's gonna be an interesting matchup. I think this is what you're about to say, but I'm gonna steal it from you. I think that that Foden is gonna go into that matchup thinking that he's the better player. And I think like technically, like like just in terms of technique, I think he is. I think he's gonna get absolutely bodied by Alfonso Davies. I don't think I think he's got the technique, I think he's got the skill to beat Fonzie. I don't think he's got the pace or the physicality to to keep the ball. Like That's I can all see I was him gonna say. Yeah, I could see him, you know, he's fancy step over, like he's, he passes, I, I can see him not even, like, either he's going to try and fail and then start passing the ball, or he's just going to start passing the ball initially, like, but it's yeah. just, it's it's low threat, like, there's not a lot of threat that he's going to beat it, because I can just, he finds he's so much faster, such, such a bigger guy that he's going to, and, and an experienced guy, that I don't think he's going to be, like, fouling as much as maybe Foden thinks he will, like, kind of the same thing as the Cancelo thing, like, it's just going to be, you know, them trying to draw fouls and Cancelo and and Fonzie just They're either playing driving the back or experienced wing outside backs. Yeah. Um, and then even if they do manage to get it into the middle, you have two large guys yeah. who can compete with uh, Erling Holland as best as any other center backs in the world in Epomacano and Delict. Yeah. I can like, this is, this is, if you can get the ball to Holland, like I think he, 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 I honestly, I think this like Holland is going to turn this into like a false nine almost. I think they're going to have the same kind of issues in this matchup that they have when he can't score goals, and it's because they can't get the ball to him and he can't like break yeah. from the rest of the team. And yeah, like even if you do get the ball in, like I mean, he's towering, he's physical, and like he can beat Delict, but he's like Delict is is one of the best defenders in the world. Like maybe Virgil Van Dyke would be another one that's just going to make this like just such a physical battle that it'll be taxing, I think, and, and it'll be, you know, he's only he's not going to get as many opportunities as he would like to score the goals. We know he can bag them without that many opportunities, but I don't, I also don't think that they have faced this level of, of a solid defensive core. Um, and then, yeah, like midfield, I don't even know and that here's City where, can dominate the midfield. Here's, here's where I would, I would put my cherry on top of City being really unable to, to get as many chances is you remember back at that United versus City game yeah. where they had Fred Mark De Bruyne yeah. and then he couldn't do anything. And I don't think that Bayern really have like a sacrificial lamb to, to give to De Bruyne. But if anyone out there is going to mark De Bruyne like he should be, it's it's Joshua Kimmich. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like an, an all-world midfielder CDM. Um, I think that like, and he started Fred, his career as a right back. We can he talk, knows how to play yeah, defense. He's a defensive genius. Like we we talked about, yeah, the Fred thing. Like it, I actually think like it did work. It worked for a large portion of that game. They didn't score and in and the first half, and that's 
bread doing that. Yeah. Like, and then and then he loses him once and they score. Kimmich's not going to lose him. No. Like, and 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 De Bruyne has not been his best either. Plus, he's going to have to think about going the other way. Like, it's not just offense because he has to put in a shift because Bayern do have the offensive capability in the midfield to cause him a ton of problems in uh, in in Musiala in a guy even like uh, like a Goretzka or um, like a Nabry, like some people that they have to then mark. And De Bruyne has to have some of those duties or otherwise they're just going to get run over in the midfield. Yeah, and then I think that this Bayern team could score one or two in, in either of these fixtures, especially at home. I think the first one, they might struggle a little bit uh, in that Manchester crowd. I think they'll still put one in, uh, but especially at home, with the return of Sadio Mane. And he's had some time now as well to, uh, to sort of get situated with again. Leroy Sane, with Thomas Muller, with uh, Musiala, with Gnabry. There's too many options offensively. With Kingsley Coman, there's too many options offensively with both pace and skill, depending on how do they want to attack this, that they should be able to find the match. Yeah, I'm just I'm going through the this squad. I mean, just the, the depth on Bayern is unbelievable. I didn't even know they had Daily Blint. I love Daily Blint. He's not gonna play in this game. I don't think he should. I don't even think he's like a phenomenal player, but like for his age, he's just anyway. They they just somehow have Daily Blint. Um, and then yeah, their starting lineup is probably gonna be like Cancelo, Davies, Delix, um, and uh, Yao Cancelo on the left. Did I say that? Yeah, Cancelo, Davies, Delict, Upamecano. Um. But if you didn't, like, if, if either Davies or Cancelo are not having a good game, you got Lucas Hernandez to pull in. You got Benjamin Pavard to pull in. Um, and that's, like, outside of the other guys. Like, I don't know, but, you know, I assume are training and, and have been solid. Uh, and then your midfield is Greska. You got Ryan Gravenberg, who's been up and coming. Um, you got Kimmich. You got... Uh, you got Ibrahimovic. No, I've never um and then and then you're you're okay well part of the midfield is that they got a lot of these guys listed as forwards but they're like wingers um Chupamoding, Kingsley Coleman, Serge Gnabry, Sadio Mane, Thomas Muller, Musiala, Sané like the depth is unreal yeah it's 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 the fact that they can attack this from a couple different angles however they however the new manager every angle really however like... <laughs> however Tuchel wants to yeah Tuchel wants to take this um Let's not forget too that the year that 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 Chelsea won Champions League with Tuchel, who did they play in the final? They played, they played in the City final. in the final and they won. And and honestly, here's how I said, like I said, I think that City could come out and win this first game, um, if draw or win. But like like I said, with Inter being that you're gonna have to try to it's it's the you get to play away first and come home. So the first game doesn't mean as much offensively. Yeah. Uh, and same thing where they have so much depth. I think they have more depth than City does, especially offensively. Which is crazy on it in and of itself. Like that, they can go there if it doesn't work. Yeah. They can kind of analyze, pick it apart a little bit. They'll have their couple weeks. They'll come back to Munich and they'll win the game by more than one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's a lock. But moving on. Uh, this is another wild one for me just looking at the odds here napoli ac milan ac milan at home 
Napoli, are, Napoli are, 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 are the favorites, but like not by much. And we've, we've seen them play like a couple of times. We have the evidence. We've got the receipts, bro. Napoli wins this. Napoli wins both games. Yeah, Na- not, not necessarily by a lot, but like 1-0, 2-0. First game's 1-0. Second game's 3-0. Oof. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, AC Milan going to have to chase a little bit. So yeah, no, this it's it's the problem is that like Napoli have still like kind of yet to be tested super much on on the international stage. Uh, I want to check it take a check through yeah, their even their their group stage was Rangers, Ajax and Liverpool. And and Liverpool haven't been that great this season and they did draw one and lose one to Liverpool. But uh once again, they're they're not gonna they're playing someone who yeah. they're familiar with. They're playing a similar style they're familiar with, and they're not having to travel to a new country. Yeah, this Napoli team's gonna take this as the same regular season game. Gonna be a ton of Napoli fans there, like as many as. And yeah, yeah. So Napoli, Napoli takes this one. This has got to be the probably probably my favorite team to move on. Yeah, I agree. Um, it seems like the one with the least number of variables. Like it's just. Yeah, we've seen them play twice already this season. There's no reason Napoli shouldn't win. This is this is comparing apples. I think they played apples, once, right? Like it's I think they played once. Okay. Um, Real Madrid, Chelsea. This is like I, again. I I don't. I mean, Real Madrid are the heavy favorites, and that's that's yeah yeah. So they're heavy think... favorites at home, but uh, and I think they're they're quite a bit of a favorite to qualify here for the next round, but I think this this one. Again, it's going to come down to how Chelsea comes comes into this game. I think this one is one of the tougher ones to call, my opinion, because Real has looked great in international play, and then at home, like they've lost, I think, every game to Barca that they've played this year. So against the best team in Spain that they haven't been able to beat. But I, I recognize that Barca and Chelsea are not on the same caliber. But, like, the Chelsea team, they can be good. They can be. But here's the other thing that I want to say about the Barca team. Is that, like, the Barca team can be good. I feel like part of the reason the Barca are good is preparation. Yeah. Like, they know how to play against Real. I don't think Chelsea can handle this. I don't think that they, like, I I don't think that Graham Potter can, can put together a game plan that utilizes his best players in a way that is effective against Real Madrid. Yeah. Like, this is... Despite the fact that they've had a rough season domestically, this is like a crazy good Real Madrid team, a very experienced Real Madrid team, especially in international serial winners in in the Champions League. Um, you got you got Benzema, you got Vinny, like there's just there's so many things that 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 Chelsea Grand Potter have to consider, and there's just not enough um team chemistry and and really just 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 skill. In this Chelsea team, I think to deal with it. Like I, I don't. I, I in every position. I, I think, think there's the skill. Uh, but I would agree that I think it's like the team chemistry and the winning mindset definitely aren't there yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think Real Madrid win this. I, it might not be like pretty. It might not be domination, but it might be. And either way, I think they get the job done. Like they're just it's 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 Real Madrid against a shaky Chelsea team. Yeah. So yeah, those are our four winners. We got Benfica. Bayern, Napoli, Real, all to move on. Yeah. 
I think the home advantage definitely matters probably most for this uh, for this city team. Uh, but to qualify, I think those those going to be our four, and I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Uh, all right, we can move on quickly to the Europa League. Um, and we got some we got some good games here too. Uh, starting with Feyenoord Roma. Uh, these are on like April 13th, so a, a couple of weeks away still. But um, yeah, Feyenoord Roma. This is Roma away, and honestly, Feyenoord pulled off a bit of an upset. Uh, in the last round, I actually Shakhtar to I don't know. I thought Shakhtar were okay, but uh, but they dominated them in the second leg, seven one. Yeah, no. Um, the, I mean, Shakhtar were not great. Not, nah, nah, but I, I thought they were solid in the first game. Is what I was gonna say. Like they they definitely struggled, definitely struggled in the second game. But yeah, um, I think I think Feyenoord take this. I, the odds makers kind of agree. With, it's very even, but slight favorites, um, in this first game. But I could see. Roma, you know, I don't even know. I'm not going to say that. It could go either way. Because what I could see happening here is that Roma are worse away than they are at home. They're really good at home. But um, Feyenoord have kind of shown that they can just bend a team over. And I'm a little afraid of that happening in their first game at home. That they just put this to bed before they even have to go play in Rome. Yeah, I think I would I would still give the edge to Roma um, just off of, like, daily caliber of of competition yeah uh but like you said roma terrible on the road i think they come out i think they lose the first game if if anything else happens if they draw or win this series is a lock i agree but uh yeah i think they come out they lose the first game and it's gonna depend on how much to see who moves on yeah i would give the edge to roma to move on i think they can i think they can win a, a home matchup by by more than a goal yeah but, but i don't uh, say them keeping like three or four and i think it's like a two or three kind of so thing, you know? i would say i could see this i could see this home matchup being two nil roma mm-hmm. but if they lose the first match by by more than one they get the shaktar treatment it's all over uh if the, i would say if they lose this first match by more than two it's over because if they lose by two they come back they win by two yeah. they get to play extra time at home yeah that's true uh united sevilla this is like this is this is united i again why we've talked about this the the inconsistency like the doubts that go through every single united fans mind um but we're talking about the the third best team in england right now one of the best teams in europe they've already played barcelona to get where they are they've played real betis who domestically have been much much better than sevilla who may i remind you are sitting like i think either dead last or like 17th or something in yeah. uh in the spanish league um sevilla like historically have been solid in this competition um and they played they played Fenerbahce. they only won that 2-1 on aggregate they lost the second like one nil um but they had the opportunity to just sit back and and try to defend their lead and you know Fenerbahce don't have the skill the the the, the quality of player to to succeed in this like wave after wave type of attack United absolutely do, and also I don't think are gonna let this first leg get away from them. I well, I mean they're playing at home, yeah, in the first leg, yeah, and the at home advantage is gonna be be wild, yeah. I think that I'm I'm glad to see Rashford take the international break off. I agree. He's been playing a lot of football. Been playing a lot, and he's had some niggling injuries. So, I I and I honestly I don't see a team left who can compete with with United. As they as they've looked this 
since the World Cup break. I agree. Um, I think they they handle Sevilla at home. I think I could see like three nil. Um, and, and then, then it, they go to one nil or draw at on on the road. I don't yeah. see them losing on the road either. No, I don't either. I I think that the gap here is is pretty big. I think Sevilla just you know the experience whatever is not going to be enough. Like that, it's not. I don't even think they've been that good in the Europa League like in recent seasons. It's like no. literally just a historical thing, which doesn't to me mean that much. Um, we got Lever- Leverkusen versus Union Saint Gilles. Again, who where the where the fuck is Union Saint Gilles? They don't even have a logo on the score. No, how did they beat Union Berlin? I okay, but this is that same thing that this Berlin team has been has been rocky. Like they're almost a Newcastle type comparison yeah, to the German okay, league fair. where at home. Okay. Except for at home, they've been winning a lot. They haven't just been drawing. They've been winning a lot and that's kind of separates them from Newcastle. Yeah. But other than that on the road, they've been really rocky. And as of lately, they've been slipping a little bit two times. They've cost me big parlays <laughs> from just not getting the job done against like Schalke or yeah, like, like Hertha. horrible teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could see, Saint lot like coming at them with with some heat. They got really nothing to lose anymore. Like they're just they want obviously to win, but I don't think that they're gonna be like bogged down by the same sort of mental uh like like pressure, I guess. Like they've kind of done what they what they have like should do. Um I could see them like coming out and causing Leverkusen problems, but I also don't think that they beat Leverkusen. I would say give me no matter what, in both games, the over in this game, Leverkusen score a ton, get scored on a ton, and the St. Gilles team is, for some reason, upsetting teams. And, like, against Berlin, they... Oh, they played three times against Berlin because they drew the... Is that how that works? Uh... Oh, no, they played in the group stage against Berlin. That's why I looked at them. Oh. But uh, they drew against Berlin 3-3. They beat Berlin 3-0 at home. They, they've they been scoring a lot. They drew Sporting Braga 3-3. Like, lots of these games against these high-scoring oppositions have been really high. I have no idea. Give give me Leverkusen the advantage here, but these are going to be some high-scoring matchups. I expect four or five goals in on both ends. I agree. Um, Juventus sporting I this is kind of interesting because like Juventus have not been as bad as they look right because of that big penalty yeah um but 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 sporting just beat Arsenal yeah they they beat Arsenal like in, they beat in England the, if not the favorites because United had a bit of an edge after the Barcelona thing like the favorites for this tournament I would have said and uh, obviously they win on penalties, but like it was three three on aggregate. Like that's yeah, and you know like, they hung with them. Like there, there was not, it didn't feel like a lucky like penalty kind of like it was just Arsenal didn't look that good. I think I think that uh, we're seeing that this Portuguese league might be a little slept on. I agree. Uh, Benfica looks great. Porto looked good. If not, like we're like a, a solid match for inter and obviously did well in their champions league group stage to make it to the knockout round very well could have been in the second round of the knockout round and and you have this sporting team who have gone through their first game wasn't wasn't tough they played someone terrible i think it was 
uh, I, remember, I think it was a Dutch team. Uh, I, I absolutely sporting, sporting, sporting in their first round. They played uh, someone awful, and it, they ended up at PSV. Maybe no, or no, that, no, was, that, was, that was doesn't matter. But they they stomped on a team at home. They drew their first game one one. They got the jitters out, and they stomped on a team, and and they came out and and they beat Arsenal. I think if I if I didn't have to think about the Arsenal thing, if I didn't if I and obviously that's saying something because that's like the big talking point here. But if I didn't have to think about the Arsenal game, I'd think Juventus all day. I mean, they would be second in the Italian league if not for you know a, a generational season from Napoli. Um, they would be potentially winning that league. Like you know, Napoli kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and 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 yeah, they would they would be second if not for that fifteen point penalty. Um, but we we can't ignore the Arsenal game. And to me, like if Sporting CP can contain Arsenal, then they can contain Juventus. Yeah, and uh, and they they you know aside from containing, like they scored goals. So like I don't know, like it's 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 really up in the air for me. As a as a betting man, I would stay away from this game. Um, maybe I would take like I don't even want to take the over. I would take both teams at home. Um, yeah. I would say I think Juventus gets the job done at home. But I don't think it's by a lot. I think Sporting gets the job done on the road, and I think it's by more than one. So I think it's going to be like a 1-0 Juventus here in the first leg, and I think we see like a 3-1 in the second leg in Portugal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Juventus has been pretty good at home. Um, but yeah, like we talked about, yeah, uh, Sporting's been, been solid at home too. So uh, yeah, I can see that happening. That's just, it's so hard to call for me. I agree. Um, but yeah, going forward, I think like if Juventus are going to struggle with Sporting, I think United are, are for sure the favorites um, from now on. Definitely from, a, from an odds makers perspective, uh, they're the favorites. That feels pretty good. Again, chasing that treble. Yeah, no, that that it looks good. Let's uh let's take a quick look at the at the Euro qualifying games, and oh, yeah. then uh, that'll that'll be our last little segment here. Yeah, um, we've had some we've had some wild games in uh in in this. Uh, I'm mostly thinking of the Kazakhstan, like just both of their games. Have been have been quite good, which is yeah. interesting. I a because I did not, I I still don't really understand how Kazakhstan is is qualifying for the Euro, um, considering that they border China. Now they're an enormous country. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, it, it's a bit weird. Uh. But but like yeah, all all kudos to them. They played uh their first game against um. Oh, hold on, I got. They played their first game against Slovenia. Um, Slovenia are a bit of a weird team that, like, I would have said that they're not that good, but definitely, like, in contention to qualify. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you always have those sort of fringe teams. Those spots are open. They're 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 there for the taking. Um, and I could see Slovenia. They have some big names. Um, they're backstopped by uh, solid goaltender who I'm now forgetting. Anyway. Um, but Old yeah, Black. like, Old Black, Old yeah, Black. Jan Old Black for Atletico. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're a solid team. Uh, Kazakhstan comes out, goes up one nil, uh, kind of crumbled near the end. So they lose two one. Um, but then they come out, and beat Denmark who were like undefeated in their, in their, uh, world cup qualifying, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and had a fantastic Euro qualifying, but they had a pretty poor they, world cup. Though. They struggle in the tournaments. 
which is odd. Like they, they, they tend to be super consistent in qualifying and the struggle in the tournaments. Now they might show that they're having some cracks, um, losing to Kazakhstan. Like, I don't know, go Kazakhstan, I guess. Like I gotled off a good underdog story. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun to watch. Uh, uh, I think the team that we're going to end up talking about the most, uh, so we may as well talk about it now. There, there was, there was a lot of like kind of, well, okay, let's do it. There was a lot of like sort of smaller teams, um, North Macedonia beating Malta, uh, Portugal uh, put the work into Liechtenstein, but I would say not even enough of the work. Um, Spread was minus five and a half. Yeah, uh, you know Bosnia Herzegovina beat Iceland, um, so lots of these sort of smaller games. Belgium beat Sweden. That was a, kind of a bigger one. Um, I would say so. The biggest other game before we talk about England uh, was France Netherlands. Um, that was tough, dude. Like yeah. Netherlands were missing a couple of guys. I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. We gave up three goals in the first like twenty five minutes. So they did have they have uh Cody Gakpo was out. Yeah. Uh Delict was out. Yeah. Frankie De Young was Frankie out. Frankie De Young was out. So like some of their biggest names, but that's that's gotta be that's three of their top five guys. But I think like we, we showed an inability to control the game, I would say. Yeah. We had some periods of good possession. I thought we pressed quite well. Yeah. Um but but we could not handle the the offense. Bappe just tore us to shreds. Yeah. Um, Griezmann tore us to shreds. Uh, I mean, the quality, the depth, the just, like, overall skill and athleticism Ace. on this France team is unbelievable. Like, I, 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 we talked about it before the game. I was like, I know we're going to lose. Like, I'm not not being optimistic. Like, I could be hopeful that we can that we could win, but I think, if anything, it would be a draw, and I was prepared to lose. I was not prepared for 3-0 after the first 25 minutes. Um, And then, yeah, it ended up being 4-0. But, like, whatever. Like, I think we just need to move on, um, not let it bother us too much, keep in mind that we're missing some players, not let that be an excuse uh, for giving up four goals. Also understand that, that this is a favorited France team um, who, you know, were a penalty kick away from winning the World Cup, have a player who bagged three goals in that World Cup, had a, a kind of a week last Euro, but, like, they and are they had in injuries form. in the World Cup. Yeah, they are in form um, and, and, and dominant, and so that's okay. Um, just go forward and, and win the rest of your games. Just don't let it be a hindrance. Uh, but yeah, the England the England situation. They won their first game two one against Italy. Uh, we've talked about a little, a little bit, yeah, like that. Like Italy, they were scrounging for players. Like they they, I think just got a new coach and he was pulling guys out of like you know fourth tier Italian soccer from like the fucking Romanian league or something like that. Like they were desperate players and i think that says something and this england team is dominant that being said they only won 2-1 like england only won 2-1 which they i didn't feel dominate like, that game and either. they didn't dominate that game no there were periods where italy looked much much more threatening i agree um i wouldn't say that's a worry i think that like first they were in italy um at, at the yeah there was some crazy stat that england first of all italy also do crazy and, and they haven't lost in their past four they've won all of their last 40 euro qualifying games before this one and england hasn't won against italy in italy since what the like 60s something like that like 61 i think something like that so like that's not a lot of games but like it's still a long time and it still shows yeah. you that italy is great at home yeah italians still love their soccer they're still supporting their team they're at the maradona where napoli have been dominating so there's that sort of like i don't know winning energy there yeah um but yeah, England came and got the job done. I mean, they went up two nil, and then I think maybe let their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and then, and then in the second game, 
uh, England faced not as big of a challenge against Ukraine, but we know that Ukraine has a lot of quality. Um, we also know that Ukraine are like in a place right now where I think like this is this is a big pride thing for them. Like this is this is one way that they are uh, like like presenting on the world stage that they it's 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 a platform for them to um, you know keep keep in mind in in people's minds what's going on in Ukraine right now. Um, not even not even like keep in mind but like also just like hey we're still here we're still like a yeah. country like we're, we're fighting not... we're fighting a war and we're still one of the best teams i would say in in world soccer it'd be one of the best being like comparatively to to, to the the entire table like you know they're yeah like top 30 or something like that um yeah and and, and you know what i thought they, they played well i mean england it's just it's like it's kind of it's kind of like you you can only stop so much stuff we saw a ton at the beginning of this game um england getting crosses into the box and the crosses were just sort of like not finding the mark like they were all sort of dangerous but they weren't right on on the foot of kane or um you know whoever was rushing the box and then it was just one that was uh for that first goal and then in a moment of absolute brilliance would be kyle saka on the left foot cutting in looking like Aryan robin and anthony combined um bagged it top left corner uh gorgeous goal but the, yeah they only won that game two now i think maybe it it's if you know if i was talking to like gareth southgate or like the english players like don't let your foot up off the gas like hammer these teams like like i don't goal like, differential it's, matters it's, it's it goal differential matters and it's important obviously to get like your players playing time but i would worry about that later into qualifying once you've solidified your place you won both games and that's great yeah but we're talking about uh uh a lesser Italy team. We're talking about a Ukraine team that cannot compete with the level of quality on your English team. Like, go out, dominate these teams. Yeah, this is also an English team that has something to play for. You know, they had they had a great World Cup, and I and they went out to the runners up in France. And honestly, I thought that the refereeing was really shaky in that game, and that they could that that a lot like I'm sure there's lots of English people out there, but like especially this English team and the administration of this English team could be very frustrated or could have been like, I'm sure they're past it by now somewhat, but could have been very frustrated after that game with how the officiating went. Uh, especially I remember watching Buhai Osaka just get mauled that entire game. Yeah, and I would have liked to see abused. this English team come out with some hunger as a team who looks like they want to win the Euro championship as a team that can win the Euro championship. Put yourself, put yourself in the referee's mind, right? Like, make the referee almost want to give you those calls. If you're going to play like the dominant team, the referee's going to treat you like the dominant team. Um, and and yeah, I mean they they played well both those games, but yeah, really hammer them. Um, obviously that we talked about that Kazakhstan Denmark game. There was a couple other ones that I wanted to highlight here. Um, Iceland put the spanking on Liechtenstein. So yeah, Portugal only beat Liechtenstein two 0 or four 0 Sorry. Uh, and then Iceland put the spanking on them. They lost their first matchup, so it's like, you know, tougher. But um, uh, w w some interesting ones. Slovenia only beat San Marino 2-0. I don't know if this San Marino team is better, but they lost both of their games by, like, a smaller margin than I would expect. Um, uh, and then the other one was was Italy only beat Malta 2-0. Yeah. Malta, dude, come on. Like, you gotta be, you gotta be laying into Malta. I'm looking at the big teams. 
I'm looking to see them put like 11 goals past a team like Malta yeah, or Cyprus or Andorra. Like those are the Euro qualifiers. You talked about like the Ronaldo stat thing where it's like everyone's like, oh, he's like the all-time leading men's top goal scorer internationally. It's like, yeah, because he plays fucking Malta every In, two years. Yeah. And uh, and puts the spanking on him. He puts like six goals past Malta. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you should be doing. A little concerning that you're not, you know, that's not a comfortable win. I no. would say no. Two nil is not a comfortable win. It's the uh, they say it's the worst lead in hockey. Based, I wouldn't say it's the worst league in, lead in soccer. That's one nil, but Early like payout. But thanks. But uh, but yeah, like you should be you should be spanking on them. Um, so I don't know. I I'm interested to see how this Italy team does, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them flop again. Yeah, I I don't know if they'll even. I I think they'll qualify just because the caliber of teams that they'll play won't be good enough to not have them qualify. But uh, I I I, can, I could see them going out in the group stage. Yeah, uh, we got some games tomorrow and. Uh, yeah, so why don't we why don't we cook up a little little something here? A little something here. Uh, for for the games of tomorrow. And, uh, Tuesday. All right, and what, uh, and what, then we'll we'll pick we'll pick a few favorites. What are you looking for? this are we gonna put like another like eight legger like keeping let's in just, mind let's just, keeping in mind that the only teams that missed were the african teams let's let's just that, let's that take some international let's friends. take some, so they some stuff that we're we're confident in okay maybe not maybe not every game to beat gibraltar okay i would I, i'm gonna i'm gonna set a hard cap <laughs> at at uh, minus a thousand <laughs> if a team is is less than like one percent chance to win we're not going to bet against them uh if only just due to the fact that the odds are not good enough okay what are the odds on austria beating estonia so we got uh we got austria at minus 600 i think uh i think that one's that one's pretty uh, that one's pretty solid here if we look back to austria they they won their last game they they spanked on who did they just play here oh let me find this they spanked on Azerbaijan 4-1. Uh, Estonia actually haven't played yet, and uh, I mean let's just chalk it up to to country size and general what what you would call like average country skill level. Yeah. On a year to year basis. Yeah, I would say yeah. Let's let's take Aust- uh, uh, Austria there. Let's take Australia there. Let's take Austria there. Uh, I like I like Hungary to beat Bulgaria. I think you probably get decent odds on that too. I don't so think Hungary's, Bulgaria are particularly good. Hungary's at minus two hundred. Hungary are I like I don't know. I, I don't know what they've been like recently. I don't think they've played a lot of games recently. Like they weren't in the World Cup. So last um, year they actually had a great Nations League run. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um and in the last Euro they were also really good, right? They came out of the the, the, the big group like heavy group of death with uh if I'm remembering correctly, it was like Portugal, Germany and England, I think. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was England. Um, I think it was Spain. It was Spain. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was like they came out of that group, which is a big achievement. But they took like a couple, like you know, they 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 beat those teams. Yeah, and so so Bulgaria, they haven't played yet this uh, this qualifier, but Bulgaria Bulgaria lost one nil to Montenegro. Oh yeah. I think okay. that's so. I will take we'll, we'll take Hungary at minus two hundred. Uh, give me give me Czechia over Moldova. I don't know if you're, that's gonna be enough for you, but. Um, it's at minus five fifty actually, so they're that's saying not bad. Czechia is better, uh, or or less likely to beat Moldova than Austria is over Estonia, but uh, yeah, these teams, yeah, these these ones are some pretty easy looking matchups. We had Czechia beat Poland actually three one. Oh damn! 
and uh, Moldova drew the Faroe Islands, uh, one one. So I, I th- I'd like that one too. Yeah. Um, uh, give me Serbia over Montenegro. You you did say that Montenegro took a win against against Bul- Bulgaria, but that should, I and in my opinion, should tell you more about the quality of Bulgaria than than the quality of Montenegro. Um, and Serbia coming off of a World Cup that I thought they played all right at. Yeah, so Serbia's actually, they won their first game 2-0 over Lithuania. Uh, Montenegro, like you said, 1-0 over Bulgaria. But uh, this Serbian team, you know, they had a tough group. Yeah. Uh, they're not like, a bad team. No, they have a lot of quality on this team. I'm a little bit concerned that they only beat Lithuania 2-0. Um, but I guess we don't have to worry about that too much as long as they beat Montenegro. So I like that. Uh, Poland, Albania, I hazard a guess that that is less than 1,000. That's uh that's minus one eighty two on Poland. That's minus one eighty two. So what? So this is a this is a Polish team that they just lost their first game to to Czechia. Uh, I want to go check on the lineup, see what Poland's rocking with. But uh, you know Lewandowski's still in there, Zielinski's still in there, Chesney's uh, still at the back. Cash is over there on the right. I know he's uh a good player. I'm pretty sure on uh, on yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I think this this Poland team's all right, and Albania haven't played yet. Yeah, I don't. I, okay, well, the odd the fact that the odds are like that is a little concerning, but I think Poland should lay the smack down on Albania, if not the smack down, at least the the smack up. Um, and this is also in Poland too. Yeah, having the home advantage though is nice. I don't know, like France, Republic of Ireland, Republic of Ireland are like pretty bad, but they're not like. So tiny. France is minus two seventy five. Okay, so take that. Uh, Sweden, Azerbaijan. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, Sweden's sitting at a nice minus 600. Really? Having lost their first game. But, uh, they did lose their, they did lose their first game to Belgium. And Azerbaijan lost their first game to Austria 4-1. Uh, I think, if, if I'm going to be honest, my, my only worries here would be Poland. I think everyone else is pretty fair in there as as their favorites probably a favorite uh a favorite play here at either serbia or france i think france i don't know why i don't understand why this france team's at minus 275 i would i would look at them at even the minus one and a half you know yeah uh it's the republic of ireland they're they're going to be a solid team they're probably going to make the euro but yeah no they're all right they're they're probably gonna make the Euro, but this is this is your World Cup Euro dominating yeah France team. I would have said the Netherlands are solid and will make it. And we still gosh Max. So, um, yeah. Moving on to uh, Tuesday's games, uh, we got Georgia Norway. I think Norway take this. They lost their first game three nil to Spain, um, but I don't know. It's it's it's. I, I did Holland not play the first game? So Holland didn't like play. That. Yeah, Holland didn't play. Odegaard played, and I couldn't recognize anyone else. Uh, I mean, I I would stick away from this game. They are a favorite at plus one hundred and five, uh, but I just I don't know anything about this Georgian team. Me neither. But the the odds scare me. That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kosovo Andorra. I have no idea. Romania Belarus. Also no idea. Scotland Spain. I think Spain win that, but I, I I get a little bit. It spans away. Minus one fifty four. I don't even think Scotland's that bad though. Is why I'm like a little bit they beat Cyprus three 0 I mean that's not a smackdown, but 
Uh, they got some good players in here. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, we can stay away. We can stay away. We got Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney. Uh, uh, I'd love to know what that, what that John uh, McGinn, what did that Spanish team look like? Dottie McTominay in their first game. What's that? Uh, what's that lineup look like? Let me see. It's, it's Morata, Gavi, uh, Danny Olmo, Marino, Rodri, Laporte, Nacho, uh, Carvajal. Like it's it's all the big guys, names in there. but yeah, anyway, I'd, I'd I, probably stay away from this game. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, Switzerland, Israel, I would give it to the Swiss. Swiss I mean, Swiss, Swiss are a good team. team. Yeah, yeah, they. I feel like we. I always be sleeping on the Swiss, but like not really. Like I always think think I'm like, oh, this is pretty good, and I'm like, yeah, but they're not that good. But like, they're pretty good. Yeah, um, they're they're good enough to beat Israel. Yeah, Turkey, Croatia. Um, I don't know. I like they came off a very strong World Cup. Turkey, Turkey looks super weak against Turkey, or uh, Turkey. Sorry, looks super weak at the World Cup. Um, I it's like you know on paper Croatia aren't super good. I would have said, or at least didn't look super good before the World Cup. But like since the World Cup, like the, at the World Cup, they were very good. And so yesterday they drew Wales one one, uh, and Turkey took a their first win over Armenia two one. Uh, I think until you see something from both sides probably stick away from this one All right, fair enough wales latvia i don't know wales i don't, Honestly, I don't, I don't understand why this bad, why this but... croatia team doesn't come out and win this they've got all their big either. guys in here they got perisic they got kovacic brozovic modric uh guardial they got levakovic in net i don't understand what this team is i think it's something that like i would want to throw in as an individual but i wouldn't necessarily want it to like drop a lay or something yeah that's fair um now you got Wales at minus seven hundred over Latvia. I, I honestly wouldn't even add this. That. Yeah, it doesn't add a lot of value, and like I don't know, Wales are not actually that good. Latvia so are awful, but like this, uh, this eight-leg parlay we got: uh, Austria, Hungary, Czech Republic, Serbia, Poland, France, Sweden, Switzerland, at plus eleven hundred and seventeen. All right, let me. That I mean that's 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 solid value. I don't really see any of those teams losing. Um, obviously, you never know. But I like that. Yeah, I'm happy with it too. I think a lot of these these early Euro qualifying games, like especially when you get games where like you don't know most of these teams, um, I, I find it much easier to, to kind of like cap or look at these these games a little bit with a little bit more knowledge like that that france netherlands game you know i i didn't really have any doubts in my mind that france was gonna get that job done especially yeah, after i, I saw the lineup started i was really happy with how england looked coming into both of these games this weekend but uh the rest of these games we don't have too much like competition and when we do have competition like your uh croatia turkey or your Scotland, Spain. I can't trust either of these two, either of these teams, to to get the job done, especially when they're not known for their scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, both I away. I don't really see. Like I don't. I there's. I wouldn't be able to pick a game where I'm like, oh, this is the one that really worries me. We looked at all of them. We didn't put the ones that worried us in. So, yeah. I think I think it's mostly a lock. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. And with that, we'll we'll cap off this this episode, and hopefully we'll be back next weekend 
we got the uh, March Madness final next weekend on on uh, Monday night. Aren't you in Ottawa next weekend? Yeah, but it'll be on Monday. Oh, okay. And so we'll we'll try and get an episode up right after that one's that one's done. Yes, sir. And uh, we, do a little, we could do a little like March Madness episode if you want. That'd be kind of fire. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening once again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Under Review is recorded and edited by Micah Yonker and Sam Dreckage. Thanks for listening.